Hey, all you denizens out there in podcast land, welcome to the latest, greatest edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We are sporting brand new equipment. That's right. It's not like there was anything wrong with the old equipment. But we needed a new microphone, kids. So hopefully this will come back to you a little bit crisper, a little bit clearer. Let us know. Drop us a line. Yep. Same immature thoughts. Same immature channel. <laughs> so we're going to knock you out and down this week because bum, it, bum, bum, bum. it is time for your Sports Frenzy yearly fantasy football draft recap, tips, pointers, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes, as we will do the entire first segment here tonight talking about NFL football and our fantasy football draft, which just concluded two days ago on the 9th. Yep, a little earlier than we wanted to, but to try and get everybody's schedule accommodated, that's what we were left with. Yeah, we basically had two two Monday nights available, and the other one would have put us right up against the, the cut line for if something had happened and somebody had to drop out, we would have been in severe... Yeah, it would have been dire straits. the Monday before the season started. Right. So we had to do it early. Of course, the uh, preseason gets into full gear this coming weekend, starting Thursday, going through Saturday. But, yes, we had to draft early. So we're going to give you our look back. We've got our, our fantasy football draft chart right here, the Conquistador and I do. But why don't we talk about what happened in reality for a minute in the NFL before we get into the fantasy. Certainly. Josh Allen, your your <laughs> wife, Mrs. C, favorite yep. quarterback of all time. Ugh. Six years, $258 million extension with $150 million guaranteed. That is crazy. It's not going to get any better. And no, it's, not it's get only going to get worse. Yep. It's the, the money is stupid. You've seen it in the NBA, and it's going to trickle in to the NFL. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the NBA probably in segment three. Although baseball money is pretty damn stupid too. Yeah, the, the big thing is the guarantees. Yeah, and I still think you look at a two hundred fifty-eight million dollar contract with Josh Allen, one hundred fifty guaranteed. At least there is a little window for the Buffalo Bills to save themselves. In case of in abject case disaster, something happens. Yeah, in baseball, in basketball, the you're full screwed. guarantees. That's what kills them. And of course, we're in the minority on this because everybody thinks these players should be guaranteed everything. No, every minute of every second of every game they play should be guaranteed. And I'm no. completely against that. Nothing should completely. be fully guaranteed because these guys are coming off of one or two seasons where they excel. And then they can crap the bed the rest of the deal, and there's nothing the team can do about it. Right. You have to be able to have an out. Right. And I, I understand there's always that quandary of do you pay a guy for what he's done in the past? Do you pay a guy for what he could do in the future? What are you paying him for? That's... Ideally, it's, it's a balancing act. You're paying him for a little of both. Yeah. I think that's what a guy like Josh deals... Allen is getting. Yeah, the way the deals run – 50-50. Right. Half guaranteed, half, if you suck, 
the team's not on the hook for it. Yeah. And I, I think the big thing is not with football so much, because I still haven't seen a football player do this, but with baseball and especially with basketball, when these guys start taking games off, oh, yeah, I just need a rest day. I just need a personal day. That's when you should be able to say, then you don't get paid. Sorry, you don't get paid. And I don't want to hear them say, well, should we get vacation days like everybody else? My vacation day, your vacation day, isn't the same as what a vacation day for Kevin Durant would be. Right. That, no. His we, vacation we work, day would pay our bills for an entire year. Pretty much. That about sums it up. So I don't want we, to hear that crap. We have to work 12 months a year. These guys don't work 12 months a year. And then on top of and that, I'm sorry, they complain. Working out does not constitute your ability to play a game. All of us should be doing that. All of us should be keeping in shape and exercising, right? Yes. And I yes, realize, yes, I should not be saying that because I am in terrible shape right now. But if I was getting the money, if somebody came to me and, and said, hey, Kevin Durant, just got $198 million for four more years with the Nets. You want to give me $10 million for four years just to keep in shape? Boom. I'm done. I would drop every, even my precious, lovely beer, I would drop. If you're going to give me $10 million for four years, I'd stop drinking in a second. I would stop eating Mexican food drenched in, in cheese and hot sauce. I would eat like my daughter eats. The protege, if you're going to give me that money, are you going to give me that incentive? And these guys get that incentive and they still Where they bitch have, and piss and moan and whine and cry about yeah, it. They get paid because you're not going to an actual eight hour, 10 hour a day job where you can spend five hours working out right. and not have an issue. Right. All right. So that being said, I still think great for Josh Allen. In this current climate, what we're dealing with with quarterbacks in the NFL, this is a fair contract for him. He's been very, very good. He's been consistent. So I'm just scared when we get to Baker Mayfield. These are the guys that are coming up next. These are the ones that scare me. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. They scare me. And Kyler Murray's wanting a new deal already. Right, right. Show show me something more than you have to this point. And I'll be honest with you. I think I'd give the money to Kyler Murray before I would give it to the other two. I do. Yeah, he's shown a little bit more of what he can do yeah. versus the other two. The Colts, we've got the Colts in the news again. Of course, last week it was all bad news. Now they're thinking both Wentz and Nelson could be back for week one. And not only that, they are so happy with the way the team is going, Frank Reich, the head coach, and Chris Ballard, the GM, just got extended through 2026. 2026. Yep. And the funny thing is, and I'm not the first person to bring this up, so I'm not taking credit for this, but in terms of a story, it's very interesting that remember that Frank Reich was not the first choice for head coach for this team. It was that goofball who can't make up his mind what he wants to do with his oh, life yeah. out in New England. Yeah. Was it Daniels? Yeah, Josh McDaniels cannot McDaniels, figure out who yeah. he wants to coach, when he wants to coach, if he wants to coach. The, the guy's 
He used to be indecisive, but now he's not so sure. <laughs> and it worked out for the Colts. Good for them because I think Frank Reich is a very solid, stable force for that team. And Chris Ballard looks to be a very good GM. Yeah. I wish we had that in Chicago. I really do. Stability and sanity. <laughs> yeah, I'd take both of them right now in a heartbeat in Chicago. Oh, by far. Based no on what, question yeah, whatsoever. The impending implosion of the Bears coming after this season. Ugh. But you know, if they'll get extended if they make the playoffs. Don't say, Dave, don't say that. Don't you say that. They make the playoffs and They're maybe right. win one playoff game, you know they're getting extended. Here's the scary thing I heard today. The scary, scary thing. It's already building. The hype is already building. The momentum. People are already saying Fields is the next second coming of the greatest quarterback of I all time. I don't want to hear this. Let, let's let the kid play before anointing anything. How, but here's the problem. If you had a stable franchise, if you had a quarterback like we're or a head coach like Frank Reich, where we're talking about, he's locked in for four or five years in the future. Then he could let him develop and let him grow behind Andy Dalton. But you know, Nagy is going to panic. He is going to panic the second Andy Dalton has a three pick game, and he is going to gonna force pull. Fields in there before he's ready. Yeah, you're gonna. That's and he's that's gonna the big fear. Start to chip away at his confidence, chip away at his ego, just like they did with Mitch. Exactly. But exactly. Mitch did not have the experience. True. Or and the I agree talent that completely that Fields has. Right. And that's something I've looked at over the last couple of weeks, and I completely agree with you. Is I keep looking back at why did we take a guy from North Carolina who only had one, one year experience. And it was a very mediocre year. Yeah. But they, they looked at the intangibles. They won. The physical. The, you know? They looked at the the potential upside. They ignored, yes, he had an arm to throw downfield, but they ignored the fact that he was inaccurate downfield. Right. And unfortunately for Mitch, I don't I don't know if he's ever going to get on the field again unless it's a worst-case scenario where a, a starter – I mean, right now he's behind Josh Allen yeah. in Buffalo. So he's going to get a lot of preseason time. Right. But unless somebody gets hurt and hurt badly, I don't know when or if he'll ever get on an NFL field again. Outside and, of preseason, like right. you said. And maybe a fresh start under somebody else. Maybe it'll click between his ears on how to read a defense – yeah, that's just, his, he couldn't do that. He could never learn how to read a defense, and he could never get on the same page with the receivers. And the Bears just can never figure out how to draft a quarterback. Rex Grossman, the, Cade McNown, the, they just literally cannot figure out how to draft a quarterback. This Kyle time, Orton was the only one, that, yeah. given where he was drafted, and, that actually paid off. Yeah. Above and beyond where he was drafted. Yeah, he's he should have been the Super Bowl starting quarterback instead of Rex Grossman. Yes. All right. So let's move on to our arch rival, the Detroit Lions. 
And I'm, once again, Dan Campbell, who looks to be my favorite head coach <laughs> of all time. The came, dude is nuts. <laughs> came out today. Dan Campbell came out today and said, there are no turds on my roster. Didn't we hear that out of uh, Matt Nagy? That I don't know. I cannot I, I remember believe, hearing that on Nagy. I believe Nagy came out with a similar quote that we don't we don't sign turds. But yeah, Dan Campbell, I'm waiting. He's already had two or three epic, fantastic mic drop type quotes. Did you hear and what the, the season how he has starts even started. the day? No. No. With Tell his me. coffee? No. Oh, he goes to yes, Starbucks. I did. Yes, gets I did. Two yeah. ventes. Yes. Yeah. With two shots of espresso in each. Yes, I did hear that. Sorry, I did hear that. My God, when's this guy's heart gonna explode? Yep. And I heard somebody on the radio actually tried one of them when they heard that, and the guy said two hours into his show he was about ready to die. Yep. Yep. Couldn't handle it. Um, and of course. I see on ESPN today, the Bears already having issues at left tackle. You and I don't need to hear that. But the rookie we drafted in the second round injured. just what we want to hear, back issues. Yeah, that's... We've heard that before from an offensive lineman, a highly drafted offensive lineman with the Bears over the last 10, 15 years. Back issues means never get you're better. never going to be on the Never gets field. better. Never gets better. Long, long year waiting for us Bears fans. Sorry. Yep, and if they don't get the offensive line right, you are not going to see fields this year. The smart thing would be to keep him away. Wait until you have an offensive line that can protect him. But they won't. Give him the time to throw down field. Do it. They won't do it. They will force him out there and destroy his confidence. When will they ever learn? If you don't have a chance of winning the Super Bowl and you've drafted a high first-round rookie quarterback, sit him him for at least a year. Let him learn the system. I don't care how much Aaron Rodgers bitches and pisses and moans about having to sit behind Brett Favre. It turned him into a world-level Hall of Fame quarterback. Because he sat for years and learned how to play the game. Yep, exactly. We're we're not looking at Peyton Manning or Troy Aikman. Those are the two exceptions to the rule. And I'm sorry, kids. Most of you are not that good. No. And if you look at it, they sucked their first year and a half, two years. Right. They would have benefited from sitting and watching. Here's one thing, though. What did they have? I'm I'm going to back you up. What did they have? Even though that those teams were terrible, even though they were put in terrible positions, what was the one thing Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning had in common, even though they had terrible rookie years? Other than the fact that they had a lot of experience coming out of college? Fantastic young offensive lines. That, grew that all them. ended up. Being the top offensive lines at that time. Right. How many of those guys, Jeff Saturday, all the guys from the Cowboys that were protecting Aikman, even though they were young, ended up going to the Hall of Fame or were all pro level guys? Yeah. Well, why do you think the Emmett, Bears don't have that? Why do you think Emmett Smith Fields? wound up getting the rushing 
record right. because right. of that offensive line. And Andrew and James. Same thing. Who just went into the Hall of Fame, which is a great segue. Before we get to our fantasy draft recap, two classes this past weekend inducted because of COVID again, obviously. <sighs> so we got a ton of induction speeches over Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we will not list off everybody or no. bore you with everybody, but I will bring out the three that I loved. Peyton Manning, obviously, who I think is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And yes. he did not disappoint. No. He does not get enough credit for his sense of humor. And Although many, I think he's starting to, finally. Many people are saying, he could he be a sneaky pick to be the next commissioner of the NFL? He's smart enough. He's got the charisma. He's got the backing of all the, the, the players, the agents, uh, the, the owners. owners. That could be intriguing. And he has the best interest of the game. And he said that. Heart. He said, I will never walk away from this game. I will always be involved in this game. I always love this game. So keep your eyes intriguing. out for that, kids. Very intriguing. Now, Goodell's not that old, so he's probably got another 10 years in him. But When, when was the last time we – have we ever had a former player as the commissioner? That's the thing that they're saying works against him, is that would the owners actually put a former player in? But why wouldn't they? Because he knows – both because sides. they're worried that he would work against their best interest and it work for the players. They want somebody who's going to work. He's going a little, to work like for the 60, benefit 40. of the game. That's not what the owners want. The owners want somebody 60-40 Who's 40 going at to worst. throw more money in their pockets. Right. Right. Of course, I was ecstatic to see Jimmy Johnson get in finally. Yep. I saw his speech Saturday night. Loved it. The man is fantastic. I will love him forever. My favorite head coach of all time with Miami and Dallas. I still think and he, he phoned it in with the Dolphins. But he gave them a lot of credit. He gave the Dolphins a ton of credit in his speech. I mean, he was basically kissing Wayne Huizinga's ass, talking about how much he loved his time in Miami with the Dolphins. <sighs> that was a big disappointment. All I'm saying is he, Be he, as he acknowledged may. and appreciated the time with the Dolphins. And I agree with you. It, the, the end it was, was ugly. Disaster. The end was ugly. It was a disaster. It was ugly for both him and Dan Marino. Yes. And then finally, I was happy to see Drew Pearson get in. I always loved Drew Pearson growing up along with the Bears. I watched the Cowboys when I was younger. and the Because you had no choice. Because the Bears sucked ass. So... The Cowboys were great at that time. They weren't quite America's team yet. No, but they were always on. But uh, Golden Richards and Drew Pearson were that first, to me, that great dynamic duo of receivers. And I loved them. I loved them both. Drew Pearson getting in finally was great. So now, all right, we got 10 minutes left. We are going to break down... The Sports Frenzy 2021 Fantasy Football Draft, what we thought about our own teams and what we thought other teams did well and what other teams really botched. And again, I, I went into this, I thought this was going to be the toughest draft ever because I really didn't know outside of the first round where I was going to go. 
Um, I ended up getting the second pick. Dave got the sixth pick out of an eight-team league. And I think everything went pretty according to standard, maybe up until the fourth round. When Mrs. C C C took that defense, she she jumped jumped early on the Washington defense. If she she could have waited on that, oh, um, and she did really good up until that point. Um, Now later on, I I made a couple gambles. Of course, as I told you, it didn't hurt me. But in the last round, we had fifteen rounds, one PPR, so one point per reception. Yeah, and I. Did not do my research on my kickers. Go figure. So I drafted Will Lutz. So I look like an idiot because now he's going to be injured for at least half the year. So I have to go out and get another kicker. I mean, let's face it. Our strategy usually is to play defense and kickers week by week. Yes. Yes. So especially this year, this is this. Now I will say this, this might be a shock to everybody out there, but I would actually draft a kicker before I would draft a defense because I don't see a defense out there that jumps out at me where I go, that defense is going to dominate. Yeah. There's really not one out there. I get, I get what Jen was doing with Washington. It wouldn't have shocked me with them being the first defense off the board, but not there. No, because she drafted that. And at four, the next defense didn't go until 10. So, I had Pittsburgh last year. The Big Blue W got him round 11. Not a bad pick. The Rams are never a bad pick at 10. Like you were saying, that was the second one to come off the board. Yeah. But again, I there are better kickers than there are defenses. I do like her pick for kicker there. That was a phenomenon. Mrs. C took Young Hoku in round nine is the first kicker off the board, right? Yeah. And that was a stellar pick. I love that pick. It was at because the right time. I had him last year, and he killed it for me. He killed it for me. So I love that one. I just wish he dropped that one down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, of course, again, I screwed up my kicker pick, so who am I to talk? Um, but, again, Butker's not a bad one at round 11 for Doug. And then Justin Tucker – for the big blue W in round 11. Always solid. Yeah. Didn't he, he was asking us, is something wrong? Why hasn't anybody drafted him yet? Is he injured? No, but we're, we're waiting, waiting for that leg to yep. fall off. Those three, those three in terms of kickers are probably, it's almost like tight three. ends. When yeah. you had your three tight ends, you were waiting to come off the board. Yeah. And then you, to me, the three kickers are going to be key. Those three. If, the minute I see somebody drop one of those three, I'm, I'm on, on them. them. I'm on them. Defenses, you look at yeah. matchups, like you said. Yeah. So how do you feel about your draft? I like my wide receivers. Going with Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Moore, my top three, and then picking up Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, kind of for the bench side. That I'm most happy with. The rest I'm Eh, running backs are so-so. So, we'll, well see. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I'm I'm with you on the running backs because you have to make a deal with the devil at some point. So, 
when Nick the big, and Bill, Nick the and big Bill guys came us. off right off the bat. Yeah, Nick and Bill drafting third and fourth. They both were able to snatch. Nick got Kamara and Barkley. Bill got Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott before See, I, came I, back I wasn't to me. ready to take a chance on Zeke yet. Well, you got Nick Chubb, though. So taking Chubb was the solid one. But that by was... the time that came around to me, because it was a serpentine, so I was back at the back end of the second round. I had to go receiver. I had to take yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. I just had to stack receivers at that point because I was not getting one of the top running backs. So, And then I had to wait till back in uh, round seven and eight to fill in that second running back spot, which – I did okay. Yeah. Picking up Dalvin in the first was not bad. No, no. But you you would like a balanced. Right. And as I told you guys, when it turned back to the fifth round, I took Keenan Allen for my third receiver, basically my flex. I was really, really, really tempted to take Kittle and go two tight ends. Take two of the three. <laughs> Top tight end and just and go the with flex. them. Yeah. I really was thinking going Waller and Kittle along with Hopkins, Ridley, and then Cook. Yeah, I know. I wasn't anticipating Kittle and Cook coming off the board back to back like that. And so that's why two picks later I wound up with Higby. Yeah. And I, I did stretch later on. I did stretch. This was one of my picks that I had circled. Um, one of the guys that I really wanted to grab was Logan Thomas in round 10 as my backup tight end because I'm telling you this guy looks like he could be the next great tight end. If Washington is giving him an extension for the money they've given him here recently, then a they three-year deal, plan to use a, a massive three-year deal, he is going to be an integral part. I think he is your number four tight end. Yeah. So I'm See, happy to have him. The stretch pick I took going out for Chase Edmonds, Arizona's running I back. I don't think that's a bad pick Hoping at all. For the big push this year you, for him. all you I would I would love to have that pick. The only thing I worry about is what again, what are you gonna do with Connor? Now that they've pulled Connor and James Connor in from I know, Pittsburgh. Is it going to be a timeshare? What are we getting? The thing is, Chase Edmonds will catch the ball. And that's with a point, point PPR, PPR, that's why I went there. That's a great pick. I think that's a great pick. Um, so, of course, Yahoo, who we do our draft through, rated all of us. And uh, it, it, who cares? Yeah. In the end, who cares? You're going to make adjustments through the course of the year anyway. Yeah, plus this is the first year where we actually set our own schedule instead of just doing a random schedule. So I set up the schedule based on our standings from last year. So obviously I I did number one, toughest, tried to do. Yeah. Two, three, four, you know, reverse. It came out pretty good. I think it's pretty fair. We'll but see that what also impacts the grade they give you. They say, well, you, you got terrible matchups. Well, because, you know, yeah, you've got the fifth toughest. So I've got the fourth toughest. You know, Aaron has got the, the toughest being the defending champ. Or Sam does. Right. Aaron's runner-up. Yeah. 
So they they got downgraded on their draft grades because of who they're who playing. They're going to play right off the bat. So with the 15 week schedule, this is something we had to deal with. You guys are going to have to deal with. How are you going to set up your league? We just went ahead and added the extra week. Yep, because of the way the buys worked. Right. So 15 week regular season, 16, 17, 14 playoff with the championship. Week 17, 18. Everybody drinks a beer and takes it off. Yep. So, all right, kids. We hope somehow, some way that helped you out looking at our good picks, our bad picks, the things we did right, the things we did wrong. Really, we didn't, I again, don't see a lot of straying from the norm. I really don't. Nope. A lot of people, I will say this before I wrap we, it up. We dropped back. A lot of people would criticize us for drafting quarterbacks too early. A lot of fantasy football diehards think it's take a a quarterback before the sixth round. Yeah, you shouldn't take a load up on your wideouts and your running backs. Right. So we had two quarterbacks go in the first round: Mahomes, Josh Allen. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. I don't think I don't think Aaron or Jen did a bad job picking. Mahomes or Josh Allen in the first round, and no. I get tired of that crap. Whoa, whoa, you can just get a better quarterback later on. No, you can't. No, You're not, not getting Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen later on. No. I'm sorry. You can and tell when, me. And when you got the biggest running backs and the biggest receivers off the board where you're at. Why not? Why not be better at another position exactly. than be seventh or eighth? Yeah. All right, kids. We're going to take a break, give you a promo. We'll be right back. We got NASCAR, the Indy Road Course. Coming up and the Watkins recap. Hello, friends. Are you tired of the boring sports analysis you get from the major outlets? If so, join the maestro and the conquistador for a riveting discussion of all sports topics on Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, you sports miscreants. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro Kevin Crane. And segment two here of August 11th, dropping on the 12th, we're going to start with NASCAR. Our recap, kind of, sort of, of... Watkins Glen. The first race after a huge break from the Olympics. So we were dying for this. We were waiting for this. And guess what? Neither you, of us watched it. <laughs> neither neither of us watched it all the way through. Though so. I, I caught a little bit here and there as I was preparing our basement to host our fantasy football draft. That's right. So I had priorities this past weekend. Props to the Conquistador and Mrs. C for setting all that up. And I'm sorry if Watkins Glen lost a viewer because of it, but there are priorities and principalities involved. That's right. Sometimes you just have to forego watching anything. Yeah. I, the sad thing is I had watched every single race up until Loudon start to finish. And then for some reason, Loudon, Loudon I don't know if it was because the they, worst freaking track I don't know on if the it circuit. Was the fact they started the race in the rain and then it was just my driver got taken out so early. But then 
Watkins Glen didn't have any appeal to me. And, and, you know, at some point I tried to do my research and I tried to do the best I can to watch all these sporting events week to week. But the last two races, even though they were basically a month apart, have not held my interest. So hopefully the Indy road course coming up. Yes. A new one will, I think I'll, I think I'll watch this. I do. I do. So confidence is high. I'll watch part of this one, or at least tune in for the final segment. But with Watkins Glen, the man who was on a mission, the man who I think is going to win the championship, the, for the championship, year. Kyle Larson wins Watkins Glen keeps Chase Elliott and Martin Truex, the two road course ringers. Yeah. At this point, kind of held them off, and we will see. Yeah, there was an incident with uh, Christopher Bell where that got a little bit of publicity where, you know, he was saying that Christopher Bell's kind of a child because he won't come to him and talk to him about what happened on the track. Wah, wah, wah. I know, I know, so. You've got to create the drama where there shouldn't be anything. Right. It was a racing incident right. from the replays. Suck it up. So we've got one road course left, a new road course. Then we've got a boring Michigan track, and then we've got a super speedway at Daytona yep. to get us into the playoffs. So we could still have some very it's, interesting things happen. There's some crazy stuff that can take place yet. Uh, Jimmy Johnson came out here within the last day or two and said he would quote unquote seriously consider coming back for a NASCAR race or two if the opportunity was right and it fit his schedule. His burgeoning IndyCar schedule. Right. Yeah, and I think the thing that that he says that and you, you kind of give it a grain of salt is the fact that his affiliation with IndyCar is with Chip Ganassi. Yeah. And so now he doesn't have that. That, that fallback to NASCAR since right. Ganassi and now sold he's, out. He's kind, of, he's kind of putting out there now, wow, wouldn't it be nice if NASCAR let Rick Hendricks run five, five cars? cars? as a special. It's okay, <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy, you just do what you're doing. Stick with We're Indy. Okay with Don't come you. back. We're okay without you. We're okay without you. Yeah, you were nothing your last two years, three years, two years, last two. Yeah. He I was did. a non-entity pretty much, so. Yeah, just, he, got, just, he got out at the right time. He, he did. did. He just, got out just, at the right time. Just play the open wheel game and move on. All right, so now we move on to the Verizon 200 coming up here. On August the 15th, 2021, this will be race 24. Part of the Brickyard Weekend. It's the IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader. I have to admit, um, and this was kind of alluding to our weekend edition where we'll talk about our Cannon Crows concert coming up. I admit, Initially, when I heard about the IndyCar, the Indy Road Course race this weekend, the first thing that popped in my head was, Holy crap. Are we going to be down there trying to find places to eat, places to park during that weekend? But luckily, it's two days removed. Right. We're a early week, weekday yeah. concert down there. Sunday race, after, Tuesday concert. After the racing circus has left. Exactly. So 
we should be okay with that. Again, new course for NASCAR. Obviously, the Indy course is not new, but the road course formation is. So, we will have qualifying. We will have practice. The things that I miss that I wish they would put back into play, I'm scared to death they're not going to. I think they like the lazy way they're doing things now, and I hate it. It's a cost-cutting move. I can't stand the formula, quote-unquote, they They, use to set qualifying. They need to scrap their stupid-ass formula, and the field weekly should be set by random draw. 100%. 100% agree with you, Dave. 100%. 100%. If you're not going to qualify, then do the random draw. It couldn't be any worse than what you're doing with this formula. It, you just reward the guys who won or placed well the week before. That is not conducive to being a fair and equitable no, because 26 race regular season. Yeah, because inevitably it has not. they have not fared that well. So, what we're going to do here, we've got two picks missing out of our eight panel members. Uh, so, we'll give you the six we've got. Sam and Doug are MIA right now, but they have not missed the deadline yet. they nope. got a couple hours to go. Shocking that Mrs. C and I agree. Yes. Christopher going. Bell. We're going with Christopher Bell, the guy that got into that mishap, supposedly. Like I said, I didn't see it. With Kyle Larson here at Watkins Glen on a road course. Bell runs pretty well. Not I a would, bad pick. I would hope. I would think and I would hope that he's not going to be one of those guys. I know he's in the chase. He got a win. He's in the chase. But he's too young. He's got to make points. He's got to win stage points. Yeah. He, he can't go out there on a vendetta against Kyle Larson. Right. Again, I don't have a Chase Elliott left. I don't have a Martin Truex left. So I think Bell is my next best option. You, of course. Have a final Martin Truex Jr. pick that I am taking this week. Good for you. Now, here's the thing. I have to deal with Nick's pick of Larson trying to go back to back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The juggler is taking Kyle Larson. He had a a Kyle Larson left. See, I don't, boy, Kyle Larson is showing he can win on every and any kind of track, but I can't see him going back to back. I just can't. so tough to do. I can't. Um, And of course we're still waiting to see. If we have a Chase Elliott sitting out there, possibly, maybe. Somebody has one, so we'll have to see if they pull the trigger. Uh, with Aaron, the Big Easy, is taking Kyle Busch. And the Big Blue W, heading out on vacation to Arizona, I believe. Yep. He's already given no, me his Montana. picks. No, Montana. Montana. Sorry. Montana. So he's given me his picks for the next three races. So for the Indy Road Course, he's going with Alex Bowman. Solid, not spectacular. Yeah. Should have a decent run. Yeah. And as I told you, if somehow, some way, my two, I, I hate when you have one guy to pick 
I don't want to take a ringer. Now, when I play fantasy on NASCAR, you get five guys. Right, and you I, have to play throw, the tier game. I've got A.J. Allmendinger, and I've got Austin Sindrick. And I'm telling you what, if one of those two somehow pulls through and gets a win – I am going to be mad as hell <laughs> because those two guys I was looking at and like, I don't really need the points, but, how, but I don't see them winning the race. No. How often, Does when a, have we seen a ringer, ringer ever yeah. finish in the top three? Right. They don't. Right. They can get you good points. They can get you solid points. But they do not get the win. Because they're usually on one of those middle to lower tier teams and they just don't have the equipment. As good as they are. As good as they are, they don't have and the Cindric right And Cindric and Almondinger, if you put them in equal cars with Chase Elliott or Martin Truex, then that would be fun. That would be fun to watch. But again, can't do it. Bell's got top quality equipment, so that's... That's what I'm going with. If I had to pick right now from the six we've got in, I think the Conquistador has the one I would take. If I Od could. Odds are in favor, but as we know in racing, anything can happen. That is correct. All right, we've got to ramp up. We've ramped up for the NFL in the last segment. We talked about fantasy. Guys getting back to training camp. We've got Really, big-time preseason football starting this weekend, not just a Hall of Fame game last week, but now a full slate, even though it's only three weeks of preseason instead of four. Now, college football. football. Initial rankings have come out, and really? Why do we even do preseason <laughs> rankings? It's the I have same said this. shit year after year. Let them play five weeks before you throw your first rankings out there. This is ridiculous. Well, Dave, you're shocked that Alabama's number one and Clemson is number two with Oklahoma number three? How well, can you be shocked by that? Followed by Ohio State and Georgia, four and five. <laughs> I have said this and said this. I've been saying this for years. You will never fix the system until you blow the system apart. Created all over again. It's a complete and utter joke. Notre Dame comes in on the coach's poll at number seven. Behind number six, Texas A&M. And the Hurricanes of Miami come in at number 16. Again, about where I'd expect them to. Now, oh. what you should be happy about being a Notre Dame fan is that I saw yesterday Rivals, one of the top evaluators of recruiting classes says Notre Dame right now, as of this minute has the number one, 2022 recruiting class. We'll see. I don't take a lot of stock in that. I have not heard any stories and you would think the local media would be pouncing all over this. You would think, but no, I don't see any of these uh, NIL deals going through for Notre Dame players yet. No, not yet. But would meanwhile... NBC would be jumping all over trying to get him in. But meanwhile, Miami quarterback Derek King <laughs> has signed an NIL deal with the Florida Panthers hockey team. Yep. So he will appear 
in promotional ads for them. They will actually have a food, I don't know if it's a sandwich, some kind of food yeah. item at the Panthers games named after him. Yep, and uh, was it uh, Clemson's quarterback? Yeah. Has the deal with Dr. No, Pepper. you have to say his name. You have to say I his name. I am not saying you his, say his name. name, David. I you will say not his say name. his name. You say I'll his name. I'll try it. All right, DJ Ugalele. Oh, that was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty, pretty good. good. DJ Ugalele. Dr. Pepper Fanville commercials. That's got to be probably one of the biggest ones yet. I think that think? is the biggest one yet. But again, it's all going to the big, big schools. Where is the trickle down to the smaller schools? I'm telling you, this is the end of the system as we know it. You hate the NCAA. I'm telling you, I wanted more regulation from the NCAA because I because didn't want NCAA this to happen. doesn't have the balls to put anything in place to regulate the stupid-ass money coming in. This it's got to get you, blown up for it to come back. You and I have sat here three minutes ago laughing about, oh, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Oklahoma 3. And It's, it's, gonna ne it's never going to change until the system changes. And giving the kids at Alabama and Clemson and Miami more money is not going to change the system. It's going to destroy the system. Yes, you got to destroy it to but build it back. they'll never change it. You know what it's going to turn into? It's going to turn into freaking soccer is what it's going to turn into. And then... Guess what? I'm tuning out. I'm telling you, this is my prediction. This is the this has prediction. to happen for it to go back. You are going to see all those schools in those secondary, the Southwest Conference, the All-American, all those schools, Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati came in 10th in the preseason polls. And I love, I'm rooting for them. What the hell chance, no chance do they have to get in the final four? They don't because of the stupid because the voters, deals. The voters will say they didn't play a tough enough schedule. No, because they've got it in play that you have to take in the top four your super conferences. It's garbage. It's garbage. And well, I you hate it. Guarantee conferences a chance to get in that's ridiculous nobody should have a guarantee they're never going to change that. i agree with you but they're never going to change because it. of the stupid ass tv money involved that's the problem it all stemmed from the greed of the networks and ESPN, espn and the rat that's where it started and that's the death of college football and we've talked about this and talked about this. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. We we're seeing it this year with Notre Dame. You can't get their season opener. Nope, it's all going streaming. Unless you go on streaming and pay for it. And you know this is where it's going. Again, we have talked about this. You and I have hit on this, not only in the regular Sports Frenzy, but in the weekend edition, talking about streaming. When does it end? It doesn't. Get rid of the freaking networks. Get rid of them. What do we need? CBS, NBC, ABC, CW anymore. Fox, we don't need them. 
No, they put out. Put it all on shows. Peacock. NBC's Peacock. ABC would be Disney Plus. Fox will put out their own. Yep. Just it's... put it all out there for pay per view. I can choose what network to watch. That's fine, but don't force me to pay for cable TV or YouTube and TV. And having to get everything else. You are going to get to the point where you are going to piss off people so much. You're going to lose. That's. I think that's. Greed is killing everything. Great way. Great way to look at it. You're going to lose. Greed is killing everything. There's only so, so much people will put up with. So Fox tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> As we talk. We move over to baseball. Your White Sox, 67 and 48 as we tape tonight. Losing two in a row to the effing Twins. I know you don't like that, but, you know, the Twins were supposed to be one of the favorites to challenge you guys for that division. Yeah, but we should now, not have dropped point, two in a row. Tonight, you're right. They've either. traded away all their good players. So at this point, you should have taken them to town. Yeah. Sorry. But still, 67-48. The problem is, you're again, you're going to walk away hands down winning the Central. You have got to step it up. Against the bigger teams. Because you're, you're not going to get home field against the Rays. No. Or the Astros. The Astros worry me. The Rays, I'm I I think we will match up fine with the Rays. I'm not overly concerned there. It's the Astros offense. So of course the Field of Dreams game, as I kind of alluded to here, was it's coming up Thursday night against the Yankees. Yep. It so that's gonna be a very pivotal weekend for you guys. Yeah. Playing the Yankees is going to be kind of a uh, a litmus test of where we're at now as we're starting to get people back. But we just lost I know, Rodon. Rodon, 10-day IL with shoulder fatigue. Hopefully that's all it is. With, yeah, when you hear that, that worries you. Yes, with his arm history, it's very concerning. So, I don't know. We'll but see. the Yankees have issues with they do. Glaber Torres just went on the DL, IL, sorry. Yeah. Um, Rizzo still on the COVID list. So we'll see both what teams happens. are at less than full strength. Yeah. We're starting to get back there. Eloy. Luis Robert came back. Eloy's back and has been hitting very well. Uh, good news. Yasmani Grandal has started his minor league rehab assignment to get back. So hopefully we will have the team we expected to have by the end of the season. And I still think you guys are in really good shape. I really do. Um, you know, cautiously optimistic. Do we even have to talk about the Cubs? You guys swept us. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. The Cubs are now 52 and 63. They'll be fourth. They're mired in fourth. Luckily, I guess Pittsburgh is so bad that we won't finish. <laughs> we won't finish we won't in finish last, last, but, but... You know, that's because to... of that one week, two week solid run you had. Yeah, just they're going to end up being miserable again. They're going to probably end up losing 95 games. It's just going to be a disaster, you know, 
Ricketts gets what he deserves. And I will say what I said the last couple weeks. Cub fans, stay away from the goddamn ballpark. Stop putting money in Ricketts' pockets because he's not going to put it back into the team anymore. He fooled us all. Yep. He and Theo. Well, Theo always gets out at just the right time. He did it with the Red Sox. Yep. Put on stupid contracts. And oh, I got it. I'm I'm out of here before I have to deal with the yeah. fallout. And Jed Hoyer, yeah, Jed Hoyer's dealing left with, holding the bag. Yeah, with the crappy ass Jason Hayward contract, which, to my, I would like to think, intelligent baseball acumen, could be one of the three worst contracts in baseball history. Yep, could be, could be, could be. It's looking I know that way. I know there's a lot of bad ones out there. Believe me. But he's never produced offensively being, the way I'm that was expected. Maybe taking it a little personally, but this has been a disastrous contract. And they can always go back and go, well, he did that speech in the dugout in the rain delay in game seven. Whoop Come on. Really? You, you, Come on. You paid him because of one Awesome offensive year in his career. By the time he's done with the Cubs, his batting average will be probably 240, averaging about 10 home runs a year and maybe 50 RBIs for $25 million a year. That's garbage. That's not a good deal. Garbage. All right, moving on to the NBA here. Last couple minutes we've got. Money, money, money. We want to talk about Jason Hayward's ridiculous contract. Oh my God. Let's talk about a couple of the latest contracts the NBA has handed out. Kevin Durant mentioned earlier, $198 million four-year extension with the Nets. Insane. Luka Doncic, 207 rookie max five-year deal with the Dallas Mavericks. What the hell? When, when is this TV? Where, That's what I was going to ask you. That was the question I was going to ask how you. How are they going to keep this when, going? Yeah, when with is the TV this, TV, this TV deal has got to be coming up soon with ESPN. Yeah. And you can't tell me and they're going to renew it for even close to the same amount of not, money. Because ESPN is losing their shirts on this with how many people they've had to let go, how much coverage they've had to stop. They're taking it on the chin. They're banking on the SEC network and all the ad revenue from all of that to try and make up for this. It's unbelievable the money the basketball players are making. Unbel- and I can't – you don't watch the NBA. I barely watch the NBA. And, again, we get I, so pissed off and frustrated because next year, what does it look like? Lakers, Nets. They are trying to set up the Lakers and the Nets. This is why football. That's why we don't like the NBA. Is it's too manipulative? This is why we will still watch the NFL, no matter how much money they give to Josh Allen or how much money they give to Patrick Mahomes. In the end, all guaranteed injuries, twists of the schedule, where you're playing, when you're playing, matter in football. Still, it doesn't matter how much you pay one player or two players. Bigger team more obstacles to overcome. That's what makes football great. The NBA, they are still, I swear to God, manipulating this. They do. They manipulate it. I'm telling you, 
next year is going to be a ratings disaster. If you thought this year was bad, next year's going to be worse because I think people at least Nobody kind tunes of, in for the regular season. On top of that, I think I know you and I cared about seeing it was cool to see the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah. That was awesome. If you're going to force feed us now the Lakers I actually and tuned the in. Nets. I actually tuned in and watched a little bit of each of the games. If it's the Lakers and the Nets, I'm not watching crap. It, it's unbelievable to me that the NBA doesn't get it. Adam Silver, who looks like a freaking alien. I'm telling you. He is the worst commissioner. He gets credit for being the best commissioner. He is the worst commissioner among the four major sports. Yeah. Sorry, Silver. Just go star in the next episode of Phantasm. Where are Mulder and Scully? They need to investigate you. They need to set an anal probe up your ass. Trying to find oh, no, signs of intelligent no way. life. They can't do that because LeBron's nose is already so far <laughs> up there. There's no room for an anal probe. That being said, segment two is done. We'll be back. We got dumbasses. We got moments of silence. A lot of moments of silences. And this has been a very tough week for sports. It's not been good, kids. In terms of people we've lost. We've got to wrap up the Olympics. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. Um, but I think the last segment will be even more fun than the first two, which were a freaking ball of joy for me. I don't know about you. Always. <laughs> Stay right. tuned, kids. We'll be right back. Are you tired of getting body slammed by the mainstream sports media? Are you sick of their lame trash talk? Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 with a tag team of the maestro and the conquistador. Pile drive those jackasses into submission. Available on all major podcast hosts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Kevin Dave, slap a figure four on all the major sports networks who lie, kiss ass, and refuse to take names. New episodes drop every Thursday with new weekend edition episodes every Saturday. And that's the bottom line, because Sports Frenzy said so. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome back to the final segment of Sports Frenzy 2.0, taping on August the 11th, 2021. This will hit on the 12th. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I am the conquistador, Dave Height. We've got to wrap up a couple miscellaneous sports tidbits here before we get to your favorite segments, the moments of silence and the dumbasses of the week. Got to go through the Olympics. The uh, U.S. actually pulled it off. They actually wound up with the most gold medals which is the only medal count that anybody cares about. 39. So they got 39 gold, 113 total. But still, that was significantly down from past Olympics. Yep. And of course, we know the ratings are down. 
you Gee. know, that could be that could be 10 or 15 different factors involved in that. Because of the time difference. The peacock. Because of the well, how many freaking places did they have right. everything being shown? Right. And the times where they were trying to show it, it's not like they made their evening shows all about the Olympics. Right. On the regular network, which is what people normally would tune in for. Right. And let's face it, from what I have seen, very little... But a lot of what I heard, they didn't really focus a lot on the competition. They gave you more damn backstories on all the athletes. Guess what? That's great. But nobody cares. We want to see the actual performances of the athletes. We want to see the races. We want to see the gymnastic events in their entirety. We want to see the swimming and People don't want all the human interest crap. No, especially, and again, some of the things that I saw, that I read, when, you know, we're looking at the wrap-up for the Olympics, a lot of people said, same things you're saying, a lot of people said, too many commercials. Well, Um, they got to pay for it somehow. Right. Um, Balls. You can't, from what I understand, you really can't, and I didn't watch a single damn minute, so I'm just going off media reports, yep, blogs, that kind of thing. You know, a lot of people want to blame political protests, and I have done my fair share of ripping on the few that did that. But in the end, I saw today only really three athletes did noticeable political protests. And of course, they got a ton of exposure, a ton of coverage from the media. Number one, why don't you just ignore them? Don't give them the freaking platform. So, again, number two, that's why people turn away, despite the fact it's a vast minority of the athletes who are disparaging America, who are shunning America, who are protesting America. Because guess what? America wants to see the actual sporting events. America doesn't give a rat's ass what your views are. We get enough of that crap on the regular news. We don't need anything additional. So the ratings projected down 45% from Rio in 2016. Ouch. So... uh, 45%, 45%, that's a big number to try to wash away and blame this or that or the other. It's That it's, just tells me that people don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Sorry, but I don't think they people do. People don't care about the Olympics anymore. And how about, this is me, inge- interjecting my little two cents here, but how about all the innocuous, stupid sports they keep putting in? Year after year after they or keep four adding year, four and years, adding four years and adding. People uh, care about I think people still care about the basics, the basketball, the swimming, the track and field, that type of stuff. I don't think people outside of kids under 17 give a rat's ass about skateboarding. 
Or I the really BMX don't. or the judo. Right. Or... But you're trying so hard to force feed everybody. Look, we're hip. We're cool. We're the new awesome Olympics. But guess what? The kids you're trying they're to They're not world class athletes. They're not. I'm no. sorry. They're not. And the and the crowd you're trying to bring in to watch, they don't sit down. They don't have the attention span to sit down and watch it. I am not comparing a goddamn skateboarder to somebody who does a triathlon. I'm sorry, I'm not. It's not even goddamn close. How am I supposed to look at a skateboarder who gets a gold medal? I would rather have somebody who does a triathlon and gets a bronze versus a goddamn gold skateboarder. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. A triathlete is ten times the athlete that a ping pong guy or woman or a skateboard man or woman is. I'm sorry. Stop doing it. No, I will disagree on the skateboarding. It is not an easy thing. Oh, David. David, you and I are going to throw down on this. Come on. Triathletes? Come on. You're going to really compare triathletes? Yes. No. I, you're wrong on this. Wrong, wrong. The conquistador for once is wrong. And you, you are an old fogey who needs to get with the times. Swimming, running, come on. The skateboarders aren't doing anything. Oh, I did a flip. I did a flip. Oh, I'm awesome. All right, go out and do a flip. I'm not saying I can, but let's go see them do. I, I, I give a triathlete a better shot of doing a flip on a skateboard than I do a skateboarder going out I doing have a, a better chance of running a marathon than I do of doing the skateboarding stuff. Yes, you do. That's what you just proved my point. Thank you very much. Which is why the skateboarding is more difficult than running a freaking marathon. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe you turned on me on this one. I can't believe it. Oh, by the way, the men's the men's basketball team got a gold medal. Whoop-de-freaking-do. And, of course, we're all supposed to bow down and say, well, we shouldn't really expect that out of them. We should just be happy they got one. We are happy they got it. But we did time, need the bullshit drama coming out of that team. And there are people, and I know you agree with them, and I, I'm starting to swing to the side, that want the pros out of it again. Go back to the college. Go back yep. to the amateurs. It would Bring just it be more back. fun. It would actually be more satisfying if we won a gold with the it amateurs. It would be more entertaining to see the amateurs out there. Yeah. I don't need to see Kevin Durant acting like the be-all, end-all, king shit. Again, the third time we've mentioned him yeah. in different segments tonight. You know, he's got more money than God. He's an awful podcaster, by the way. As much as we curse and swear, he's ten times worse, and you people act like he's some kind of literate genius. Kevin Durant couldn't hold the conquistador's jockstrap, let alone the maestro's. Notice how I didn't swear as I said that. Kevin Durant couldn't get through a sentence without dropping an F-bomb. Alrighty then. Jessica Springsteen won a silver 
in the equestrian jumping team. Bully for her. Yes. And as everybody has pointed out, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful glory days. <laughs> glory days for her. Whoop dee doo. Yeah, just keep your dad off a motorcycle drinking tequila in New Jersey. Okay, Jessica? Do us all a public service. Keep daddy at home. You know, he can keep going down on Barack Obama. That's fine. As long as they do it in private, we don't care. There you go. Another shitty podcast. Those two slurp at each other. Oh, Barack. Oh, Bruce. Oh, Barack. Oh, Bruce. So you actually listen to it? No, I won't because I know what it is. You really think? Do you really think there's any substance in there other than those two kissing each other's ass? Doing 69 no on idea. each other? Those two are the biggest egomaniacs on the face of God's green earth. Do you really think they're talking about anything that applies to you or me or no. our families or our lives? Not even close. Oh, Bruce, Bruce, I found a wonderful wine. It's only $5,000 a bottle. What do you think of it? Well, I don't know. I'm going to drive down to a park in New Jersey and drink a $5,000 bottle of tequila in front of a homeless man and hopefully not get arrested. I hate people! I have one more Olympic thing. Do you? Yes. Positive. A positive thing. Something positive? Allison From Fields. You? Congratulations to Allison Fields. The most medals ever. For any U.S. track athlete. Bravo. 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 As I said, your medals count. Ping pong and skateboarding should not. I will agree with the ping pong. Oh, see, now you're picking and choosing. Picking and choosing. Picking and choosing. Whatever. All right, got one more. One more before we go to moments of silence. Are we going negative? Yeah. The heart monitor, by the way, is off this week. I have got inside information that Subway franchisees <laughs> are it. not I happy. Are not happy because purple hair is becoming prominent in the ads nationally for Subway. Megan Rapinoe, who I despise with a passion, is pissing off your Subway franchise. They do not want her speaking for the company. God bless them. Bully for them. Good for them for standing up because she is a rat turd on the face of society. I can't stand her. If you've heard the show before, if you listened to us before, you know I hate her. All she cares about is herself. And if you think she cares about this country, oh, I'm going to sit down and protest for all the repressed oh, people with purple hair like me. You know? Yeah, no. No! She's out for herself. She's trying to get as many freaking promotional opportunities. It's all about the greed again. Me, 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 me. Look at me. All right, I'm going to turn it over after my uh, my blood pressure is ramped up about three times higher than it should be. Going over to Dave here for the moments of silence because there wow. is a very special 
Moment this... of silence for him and his favorite hockey team. Oh, sad news for Black Hawk Nation. Hall of Fame goalie Tony Esposito passed away at age 78. This this kind of hurts. It's It's been a rough go. Was it last year we lost Stan Makita? Another great Hall of Famer. So neck, now the watch is on Bobby Hall. Some of the, the greats from the 60s and 70s. All right. I heard a story today. I'm going to try to get it correct. I didn't write it down, so bear with me. Is it true? You, you could probably verify this more than I can. In his first game, Tony, he was facing Phil. This is what I heard today. And they were trying to judge who had the better game because I think they said Phil scored two goals against Tony, but that was it. And Tony shut everybody else out, so it ended in a 2-2 tie. So they were trying to decide who had the better game. Tony or Phil? Have you heard that story? I had not heard that one. Please send us a message. Send us any kind of an email or anything on our Facebook page. Let me know. But I swear I I heard this story today. If that's it, then I say Phil got the better of him. That's what the consensus was. Was even though Tony got got the 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 tie, tie. and he did block a ton of shots. He let his brother own him there you go but if that and again i think 95 percent. i'm pretty sure that's true if i got something wrong let us know but very interesting story between the espinitos yes. very much i would like to pass along a moment of silence to a pitcher who i thought was absolutely dominant when i was growing up and granted, you've got to take into account, I grew up in the upper Midwest, Cubs fan. So all I saw were the Cubs, the White Sox, occasionally the Tigers. Never saw the Astros. The legend of J.R. Richard was phenomenal. And the few times I got to see him on TV, the man was imposing, blazing fastball. 100 plus miles an hour. I would probably put him in my top 10 all time in terms of pitchers. Watching the Sox game after he passed, Steve Stone had nothing but good things to say about him as a pitcher, as a person. And that that says a lot coming from Stoney. Right. High praise. Yeah, Steve Stone, one of the, the people that you and I both agree is one of the class acts of all time in baseball. Yep, not Cy only Young a, winner. Not only as a, a player, but an announcer. Yeah. And that's high praise coming from him. Yeah. And, uh, again, one of those few players I remembered, it carried over from my childhood. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure there's some of you Namby Pambies out there who swear you remember every moment of yeah. your childhood. Some of us don't. Some of us have key moments, key instances we remember. And I remember J.R. Richard, and I remember how dominant he was as a pitcher. R.I.P. J.R. Richard. 
Yep. <sighs> Racing World lost one of the great announcers in Bob Jenkins, voice of the Indy 500 from Indy, called over 40 races. He was the ESPN voice for NASCAR through the 80s into the 90s, always up there in the booth. Big loss, brain tumor, finally took him. And a few years prior, his wife passed from a brain tumor. So that's <gasps> rough for the family. So thoughts and prayers to Jenkins' family. And of course, um, the biggest, if you want to say the biggest moment of silence of the week. The biggest name. Yeah. I mean, Esposito probably for you, J.R. Yeah. Richard for me, but in the grand scheme of things, the mass media would say it was Bobby Bowden. And we knew this was coming a couple of weeks ago. You and I talked about whether we should bring up the fact that we saw reports that he was in bad health. Yeah. And you said, he was back 91. off, let's wait. Let's wait. They said he had a terminal illness. Well, yeah, he was 91. So it's not unexpected, but thoughts and prayers to the Bowden family. Most successful coach in Florida State history. Okay. Now let me let me see if we can remove ourselves from the the obvious the grief. I'm not trying to, you know, dis disparage anybody or say anything negative, but we haven't talked about Florida State football in a long time, and we haven't talked about Bobby Bowden's tenure at Florida State in a long time. I, of course, being a Miami Hurricane fan, have that massive rivalry with Florida State. Yeah. I just I, – I don't know what it is, but I look back at Bobby Bowden, I look back at that Florida State run that they had – it was good, but, but it, it wasn't, wasn't great. Yes, I and I agree again, completely. I'm not trying to. He's a great coach. He won two titles. Nobody's taking that away from him, but I'm they, not putting him anywhere even close to Nick Saban or even right now Dabo Swinney. I honestly, no, you can't. Now, we've bitched and pissed and moaned about the state of college football right now. Maybe. Bobby was was fighting kind of an uphill battle a little bit more than Saban and Swinney are right now. Perhaps. But, you know, there were always kind of questionable guys. Again, not as much as in Miami. I just don't know if I look at that. I put him on the level with Lou Holtz. Good, but not Good, great. Good, but not great. Agree? Yeah, agreed. Disagree? Okay. Agreed. All right, I think it's time to do our 180, our pivot. Pivot. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. I am going to let Dave go first, and then I have to play our usual weekly game now. It's become a weekly game. It is. I will play with three entries, dumbass or not, but Dave has got one that, this, no question. This is the <laughs> biggest Dumb. This could be in the running for dumbass of the year. Yes, I agree. This I is agree. the front runner 
for dumbass of the year and the repercussions of the decision run rampant which nobody except us are talking about this decision looms large for the lakers point guard dennis schroeder during the year turned down the lakers offer on a four-year 80 million dollar deal he turned it down thinking he could get better on the open market he just signed with the celtics one year 5.9 million he left almost 74 million dollars on the table by being a greedy bastard and the thing is by the end of the year because i think i think the lakers offered him that deal early early last year yep they'd gotten him from oklahoma city and he turned it down like you said he thought and then and by the end of the year the lakers were like we see you we don't want you yeah that he yep he wore out his welcome made some stupid comments did some stupid things and pretty much destroyed his financial security for life. And I'll never understand athletes to do that. Never. If you have that opportunity, take it. That's generational and I know, wealth. Yeah, and I know he's still getting more money than we'll ever see, but to go from over eighty million to just under six. Yeah, that's that's rough. Oh boy. But if he would have signed that deal, this is what nobody's talking about. If he would have done this, would the Lakers have still gotten Carmelo Anthony? Or Russell or Westbrook. Or Russell Westbrook. I still think they could have fit Carmelo Anthony in, but I don't think they could have traded for Russell Westbrook. So the ramifications of this helped LA in somehow, continue some their way, super team crap. That we talked about last segment that we can't stand. So here's a guy's greed winds up helping one of the evil empires. All right, Dave. I was not given the hosting job for Jeopardy. Believe it or not, they chose somebody else. Check into the weekend edition to find out who. But still, I like to run this little game show that we love to do now. Yes. Called Dumb Ass or Not. The spirit of Red Foreman is alive and well on Sports Frenzy as I love to do this with the Conquistador. And I will give and him. And if you don't know who Red Foreman is, go back and watch reruns of that 70s show. The greatest anti hero of all time. Yes. All right. Potential dumbass number one. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Holland, Michigan Hospital has cut all promotional ties with Mr. Cousins over his recent COVID comments where he basically says, uh, if I don't want to get vaccinated, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. If I don't want to get vaccinated, I don't have to. Just put a bunch of plexiglass around me if you're that worried about it. Sorry, Cousins, you're a dumbass. 
until the NFL allows you to play in one of those inflatable balls. Wrapped in bubble wrap. Idiot. Idiot. All right, so we're one for one. One for one. Number two. Going back, <laughs> we mentioned Jessica. You said number two. <laughs> poo poo pee pee. We mentioned Jessica Springsteen earlier. Congrats yes. again to her. Don't care about her dad being an asshole. She gets kudos from Full us. Full props. For a silver medal in the equestrian jumping team. But how stupid, how big a dumbasses are the idiots who laid out the course where they actually had to pull a wrestler, a sumo wrestler statue off the course because it was scaring the horses. Who was the genius, the dumbass who thought you would put a statue of a sumo wrestler? And the writers were saying we could see his butt crack, basically, jumping over some of these hurdles. Now, the question is, did they place the statue there in the middle of the course, or did they build the course around the statue? Supposedly, every city that hosts the Olympics gets to put cultural icons in the course right so supposedly there was like a geisha somewhere on this course too but the thing was they were worried the sumo wrestler because he had the defensive pose right there at one of the hurdles was scaring the horses oh bullshit so you say no dumbass no no dumbass all right dave goes against the grain no dumbass i like it put the damn sumo statue out there it's a cultural icon Stop being a bunch of pussies, you horses. Deal with it. Horses' asses. <laughs> Final. Go back to the Olympics for one last time. Thank God we're done with the Olympics after this episode. Until the winter. Oh, Jesus, God, I'm sick. God. Francis Morhad Amdouni. Bless you. I think I got that right. Morhad Amdouni. In the marathon. The men's marathon goes to the the water bottle station, does not grab the first water bottle. He knocks down every, every water, water bottle, bottle except for the last one, which he grabs, basically keeping all the people behind him from getting a drink. This guy is a major dumbass. He finished 17th. This guy is a major dumbass, and for pulling that douchebag move, should be banned from all international competition going forth. I would like to see somebody take him in a helicopter, drop him in the middle of the Sahara, <laughs> take about 17, 18 water bottles and pour them all out right in front of him. <laughs> Say, hey, how do you feel about that, asshole? Yeah. Run your ass back to Cairo now. Yeah, no, th this, this is beyond dumbass. This is full-on douchebag asshole who needs to be banned. It's amazing to me that he got away with that. Amazing. That should. I think not the only reason he got away with stand. it is because he finished so far back that it didn't matter. Yeah, but still, there needs to be repercussions on that. And did you hear his dumbass excuse? Nope. Oh, it's because I was trying to reach for a water bottle, but they were wet and slippery. And I couldn't grab one. 
couldn't grab two, couldn't grab three, couldn't. He knocked down over a dozen he water bottles. He stuck his freaking arm out and swiped them off. No. Ban his ass. So, in my opinion, as we say goodnight, kids. Goodnight, kids. We might have two, two this week. This week alone, two in the running for Dumbass of the Year. Very well Dennis could. Schroeder and Morhad Amdouni. There you go. All right. Check out the weekend edition. We have got the Suicide Squad. We've got Val. And that little band from Texas. So stick with us. We will never do you wrong. We will get you through the weekend with our movies and our music picks. We will get you through the week with our sports takes. I am the maestro. I'm the conquistador. We love you. We will check you out next week.